Istanbul 74 presents the 74 podcast. You can now listen to a series of conversations between some of the world's most talented and creative minds, including talks from the IST Arts and Culture Festival. So we are going to start with uh, Murat. I think Murat going to use uh, pointer and he's going to uh, talk about a little bit um, his work, but he has been uh, done and with his office uh, we're going to uh, talk about and discuss about how architecture is uh, going is changing our lives uh, around the world and so let's start with murat mm -hmm. um, so i think it is coming this yeah, yeah. First of all, I know David. Uh, ah, yeah. Maybe we should talk about how they m met. You know, in uh, I two think two years ago, three two years ago, yeah. two years ago. Ahan Aga Khan jury. Jury, yeah. yeah. So in the master so jury, so yeah. we met together, and then we had several meetings. Uh, we eat together. Now we are friends, and I think uh, it was nice uh, to meet again here. Yeah. And to share the panel so together. That's Absolutely. great, actually. Yeah. Right. And that's uh, uh, the reason that I, I selected today four projects. Uh -huh. So, and um, because David is here, I said uh, it should be a little bit African. So we. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, this is um, the Architecture Magazine 2012 mm -hmm. uh, Architecture uh, Record. Um, that was the cover page. Uh, When we finished uh, the project in Equatorial New Guinea, Malabo, um, so they came to us and then they asked. Uh, it's very interesting project. So um, then they asked uh, who was the client, because you know they are a little bit afraid when it's about Africa, about some countries. Sure. And then um, they went there also with us, without us, and then at the end they decided uh, to speak about and to write about these projects. But it started differently. Uh, in uh, nearly 2010 or 2009, I can remember, um, Qaddafi was still in life. It was 2000? I think it was, yeah, he, yeah. Was, in Before yeah, he was alive. Before he was killed two years ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. You met Qaddafi, you said me. I know. Mm -hmm. him. Yeah. Um, they wanted from us a congress center. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, as you know, many Turkish firms are working uh, in Tripoli uh, and is also in other uh, cities of uh, Libya. It was also yeah. before everything happened. And uh, that was. Companies from Turkey yeah, yeah. doing and great um, business. that was one of the first uh, design and build projects in uh, Tripoli. Um, uh, there is a park near to the city center, and they wanted uh, to make some buildings in this park. Uh, they want to make a hotel. Then they invited also other architects, but now um, after everything happened, it's only the hotel and this convention center. And they are not bombed, they are staying and nothing there. Happened nothing happened. You're, you're yeah. lucky, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And when we went to this park, uh, first uh, we looked for a place, because it was a lot of freeze. And, um, and as architects, and nobody likes, I think, to cut the trees and make buildings, except some, I don't want to be politics. <laughs> and um, OK, uh, we looked for a space where we can um, make a building, because uh, we want, uh, they want from us a um, typical Congress center. Uh, Congress centers are a box. And then um, we looked how we can make a building between all these trees. And we found a place really without trees. And we, we started. Uh, to combine the space uh, with the entrances. And then, of course, uh, they wanted from us a special entrance for the Qaddafi uh, or for the presidents when they are coming. Because this Congress Center, uh, the main reason or the opening of this uh, center was uh, to make um, uh, the conference for 60 leaders of Africa. So he wanted to come here and say, I'm the leader of Africa. And um, 
after our first sketches. Um, we dis and um, I was also before in Libya. I know uh, when the sand is blowing or how the sun is here. And then uh, we looked uh, for a, a skin, a secondary skin. Um, it's a glass box. And then we have a, like arcades around the skin. And the skin, uh, we search for different materials. And we said at the end, we must have a, a mesh, uh, like a tool, um, and it's a bronze mesh. And then, uh, as you can see, some parts of the building is transparent and some parts uh, differently. Uh, it's semi-transparent. And then in the night, uh, it can be different. Um, also, these centers are ugly when you have these big banners. And then uh, we said we should have a big media mesh like this, uh, and so where you can advertise and say when there's a congress about something, and then you can give the signage here uh, through a little computer. So it was a part of the architecture mm. uh, that was important for us. And um, when there is uh, also during the day, you can see through the building. I remember you were going to do something like this in uh, Atatürk uh, Cultural Center. Yeah. In Taksim, yeah. you were talking, yeah. yeah. So you did this, yeah, there actually. Mm -hmm. <coughs> so this is then the inside. Um, this is the space uh, between the main building and the outside. So it's uh, like a uh, shadow place, so you can walk through. There is also water to to make it more fresh. And from inside. Uh, through this, uh, this metallic bronze tool, so you can feel still the park. And the sun is not coming to your uh, face. Uh, some people can call this building sustainable, but I make it naturally, so it's not a must. This building must be a green building, etc. Uh, if you make like this at the end, it's, it's, it's also good. Uh, <coughs> the engineers, I think. And then there was a, th that conference, and to this conference, uh, the president of Equatorial New Guinea came, uh, uh, and then he wanted a similar building um, from us, and, uh, but in Malabo. Um, Malabo uh, is an island. <laughs> it's not in the mainland, so um, and uh, and they are making a new capital for Equatorial New Guinea. And this is outside of the city, and then there are already villas for uh, many people. It's a hotel, uh, it's very nice. It's on the ocean and very green, different than uh, Libya conditions. And then um, also you have the view uh, of the ocean, very nice. And then here we say, and uh, another thing, there was already an existing building. Um, Chinese architects and contractors made a very ugly convention center, but the president wanted another one next to it, connected with a bridge. And when we stayed there, we stayed in uh, places like this. It's more colonial state. Then you have the church. It was a Sunday. Is the president, and then there are very nice trees, and then I think that was one of the main inspiration to start uh, to make sketches. <laughs> it was one of the first sketches. That was the second one. How we can cover the box with a different uh, skin, uh, and at the end we came to this. Um, the main problem was uh, there is nothing, no industry, if you make a building like this. Maybe if you want to make a house, you can use uh, materials from there. But we had to import everything uh, from our country or from the rest of our world. And then, But we designed the building accordingly. So these are prefabricated panels. And then uh, if they are coming together, uh, and then we have to import with ships and then uh, airplane in containers. And then they wanted everything very quickly because then the next convention or the conference of the leaders was then here. 
How many uh, days or months? I, I remember, remember it was too quick. Yeah, five too months quick, or six right? months. Yeah. So they work day and night. Uh, so this is the connection uh, to the uh, main building. So this is already finished. Some parts of the um, uh, facades are very tight, so the screen. But still, uh, that's in the night. And then uh, there's the bridge again. You can see here, it's a very three-dimensional. It's everything laser-cutted. But when you are in the lobby, uh, coming from the bridge, still you can see the ocean. So uh, that was the aim. From the inside. Oh, I'm going, I think, back. Sorry. Okay. So then there was a co another conference here. And at this time, uh, again, with uh, now 60 leaders again. We have 60 leaders in Africa. They said like 54. Say, 54, 54, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> planning a little bit less. Mm? OK. And um, after the conference, um, uh, Senegal president came here. And then they wanted for Dakar another one. So you are that getting was famous the, in huh? Africa. Yes. Uh, yeah. Huh? <laughs> 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 it's like the McDonald's, huh? You <laughs> and and uh, they they. So this is where when you are coming in. This is um, it's showing where it's three degrees. It's the Malabo, the entrance. We made also the interior. This is the main hall. That was uh, again a design and build. So many workers, architects, consultants wow. working all together. This is a different type of job. Uh, normally we design one or two years, and then they have to make this in another two years. And then uh, this is Dakar, the third one. I will go down very quickly. It's again different uh, than Malabo. colors, different materials. Um, and um, these are the villages. And again, the trees are uh, the main impressions. We look to the geometry. And this is the one we finished, uh, I think, last year. Uh, this is uh, a big wooden roof. It here, as you can see in the other ones, it was more the boxes and the skin. And here we have a big roof. Sometimes we have uh, shadow places, sometimes uh, uh, semi-covered spaces, and then different from outside you can read um, different functions. So this is one of the entrances. There are three entrances. You can enter the building from three parts. Mm -hmm. And uh, if there is no convention, also you can use the building as a meeting point. Uh, people are coming to eat something or there is a museum, or is a library. So it's, it's different than the others. So as you can see, every part of the building is looking different from uh, different angels. So this is the restaurant. <coughs> so then um, we went there again. and. That was, it's not a fashion show. So when there is a Congress, uh, people are coming like this. So uh, in very nice dresses. This is a part of the museum. Maybe I show you short yeah, film let's, and, let's then, see the video yeah, and then, and then we will yeah. continue. It's um, when you have a video about a project, it's something sometimes different, but uh, uh, you have photos and then uh, video, and then uh -huh. we are trying now in every project to make a video. Yeah. Uh, it's a try of this. Good.
So you are very specialized in Africa, actually. <laughs> and I heard that, uh, David, you, you have no projects in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> huh? It's, it's a strange word. Huh? <laughs> it's a, it's a, yeah, I work in London and the US. <laughs> no, no, no. I have no. some projects in Africa now. Yeah. No, yeah. Right it's now, just starting. yeah. yeah. Oh, where? Um, I'm also working in Dakar and um, also in South Africa and Nigeria. What kind of projects? Is that? Very different projects. Uh, one is a, a, an office building in, um, for the World Bank. And the IMF, it's the mm -hmm. headquarters. So that's a new building. In Dakar. In Dakar. Yeah. So that's that's on the drawing boards right now. And then in Nigeria, we um, completed um, a boutique, a small boutique commercial project, which is my first project in um, in Africa. And then in uh, Johannesburg, we are doing a residential hotel mixed use project. Okay. So, so you are see, okay. Start, I'm a bit You're late. I'm following. Following Murat. <laughs> but I, I know that uh, you did some uh, project. Um, mm. Um, where in uh, US, African? Um um, well, we're working, I mean, IJ Associates really started in London, maybe 2000 really is really when it started, mm -hmm. and it started very much as a small studio working on projects with artists, and mostly the art world. Mm -hmm. um, maybe we can just put the slides on yeah. and just it's let them roll, because mm -hmm. I, I, don't, I don't need to, because it would help. Um, and in a way, it just grew organically. Um, we were doing small studios, we were working, collaborating with artists, then we started working. I wonder if we are going to can start. Can you switch Murad? us on? Can you do that? No, no, they have to start. I think it will come. Arkadaşlar, bize yardımcı olun. David'in uh, slide'ı da devreye girerse, arkamızdan. So. Yeah. Is it coming? They just rolled them. I don't know, just rolled. The, this is. Go, go to the beginning and roll. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay. So anyway, so it's really small-scale projects, mostly in the UK. And mm -hmm. then I think ab about three years, four years into practice, we started to work also globally. So we started to win competitions in America, in the Middle East, um, um, and, uh, and, and then in Europe, in Germany, et cetera. And then we did a few projects in Asia as well. Asia also. Yeah. So it's just started. And um, so, yeah. And then the, the biggest project, which maybe has connections to the work that we're talking about is the project that we did in the Middle East and the project in Washington, which is the National Museum of African American History and Culture. See, yeah, you did yeah. some uh, African yeah. project. Well, it's, it's not African, it's African American. Uh, they'll be Let's very say, upset. Uh, yeah, African. <laughs> <laughs> be careful, no, Shilani. Uh, no, you'll get hit for that. So African-American, African-American. You're right. <laughs> it's African-American uh, Museum of History and Culture, and that will open in September. Yeah. So it's going to open. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Huh, so no, no, it's just, it's just. It is safe. This is the last opening of Obama. Yeah, this will be. Well, I don't know if it's the last opening, but it, it definitely he's very, um, very invested in wanting to be the the president that opens this building. So we're rushing to finish mm -hmm. before he finishes his presidency this year. That was also one of his projects. So no, 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 it's not really his project. No, but it's he, he, likes, I think he's, huh? he yeah, likes. He likes his project. Yeah, yeah, he supports his project. Mm. That's good. And also, you you did um, school in. Um, Moscow. Uh, Moscow. Yeah, also working in Russia. So just before uh, Putin, we um, worked for Medvedev to make a business school in Moscow. And it is the most expensive one, I guess. One. Um, it's a private school. A private school. It's yeah. a very large school, um, and it's like their Harvard Business School. So it's for training the sort of uh, management elites who usually go to France and 
to INSEAD mm -hmm. or to New York, etc. And it was a way to bring professors from around the world to Russia and to teach business mm -hmm. management in Russia mm -hmm. and to keep the, uh, the, the, the sort of the students instead of okay. going abroad to come here. So it had to be a very special kind of building that was um, also part of a new industry that they were making, that they wanted to make a new silicon bank to, to support, support entrepreneurs. entrepreneurs okay. yeah. And so uh, you guys, you are um, doing many projects around the world. Mm. Every time you enter a different country and then to different cultures and uh, you are doing different projects. Mm -hmm. So how this is this happening? <laughs> Do you want to start or shall I start that? <laughs> you start. <laughs> I, I think that there's a, there's a shift that's happened in architecture, which is that um, architecture was, has always had a global dimension. But I think that um, with globalization, a sort of turn of the sort of millennium, there's a shift where I think that you find that architects work locally, but also work globally because of the speed of technology, the way in which you can use technology, and also because of travel, the ease of travel. Um, so in a way, we're no longer, I think, specifically just focused in one area. Um, some people are, and if you're lucky enough to be able to do that, that's one thing. But I think what it's meant is that the education of the architects has also had to kind of recalibrate itself. For me, my, the way in which I saw my education was at the end of an old system and the beginning of a new one. And I think that the new generation coming forward really operates in this world, which is that you might do a competition in Iceland or okay. in, in Namibia or in Brazil. And, and you know, what is the operation of architecture now is very interesting because is it uh, a universal machine that you land in different places or is it a device that um, is about a way of thinking which goes into a place which kind of synthesizes something from that place. And I, I think this is a very interesting debate going on in architecture between technique and response. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you know, I think that what we're trying to talk about is response, I think, without putting mm -hmm. words in, in the mouth. We don't discount virtuoso skills because the, skill the skill of the architect is part of the craft of architecture. But in a way, I think in, I think when in the 20th century when you moved around the world, it was just so exotic to be, like for Frank Lloyd Wright, to go build in Japan. Mm -hmm. So they wanted a Frank Lloyd Wright building. They're like, we right. want a Frank Lloyd Wright building. We only, you know, it takes three weeks to get there, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the world has changed. It's no longer, we don't want the world to just repeat like brands, buildings mm. around the world. We actually, I firmly believe that, the, that we have to look at the ecology of the world and the civilizations of the world. And the more beautiful world is the one where we start to make architecture that responds to these geographies and civilizations and emerges a kind of specific architecture architectures mm -hmm. that makes a, an interesting quilt, like a blanket of different parts, rather than um, a kind of towards a singularity. You know, I think architecture towards a universal singularity is not very interesting in the end for me. Mm. Yeah. That's but I good. And but I think yeah. it's very interesting. Yesterday we walked in Istiklal Street, and then I showed him uh, the first church we went, St. Antoine. Ah. Uh, the same church when I was in Vienna studying uh, was next to me. So they imported the same architecture in these years uh, from uh, Austria or Germany to here. So it, it was not a new, fresh idea. And in the 60s, um, if you look uh, to the Hilton building here, it's a similar building like in Athens or somewhere in the world. So. Mm -hmm. All these big um, commercial American and English firms uh, uh, put the same architecture everywhere in the world. And what makes us, I think, more, I think it's more for us a bigger challenge is to make something different and to feel the country and see it from different eyes. Uh, different eye. Also, mm. uh, you have a great role. I mean, um, you you. You change, the, uh, the, there is a big change uh, in the cities, so architect uh, has a great role in this change. So if you do something, you know, uh, bad, mm -hmm. uh, so you're, go for example, you're going to destroy Istanbul's silhouette. Mm -hmm. So um, you have to be so careful, I mean, we have to be careful mm -hmm. about what uh, you are doing mm -hmm. uh, to the cities, and if you understand if you feel the city and mm. the culture and everything. Uh, so uh, I was in uh, Venice for the Biennale. Mm -hmm. So this, this year there was this um, very important topics, refugees, uh, of course, global warming and um, poverty. 
So it was affecting all, all the uh, country's pavilion. Mm. So what do you think about this year's uh, PNL? I, th I think that the topics are, you know, I mean, the, the, the contradiction. And are you going to do anything with this, you know, uh, refugees? Um, I, I don't know if, the, I don't, I don't know if architects are really the, the, the first port of call. They respond. A lot of architects like to respond. But I think that the issue is really to confront the reality. The reality is that actually the biggest destroyer of the planet is architecture and building. So the, the very act of making buildings, art and habitation, is the very act of the destruction. So you know, in a weird way, I think we can romantically say, oh, we're going to solve it by being really nice. But actually, we are the problem. So fundamentally, there's a kind of artificial thing that we're doing to the planet, which is destroying it. We consume materials, and we build things for in our, in our habitation. And we've moved from a, a population of less than a billion in 100 years to being nearly 8 billion. So we're the problem, right? So then the question is, is there a romance to it? Do we just ignore and say, you know, it's just about, you know, um, building as many houses as possible for everyone? Or, you know, I think that the, the question is much more philosophical than just responding to the need. You know, I think that when you just respond without a kind of thinking about what is the meta question, I think that sometimes you miss a lot of issues. So for me, this is the, the, the big question about, you know, refugees and poverty and the use of materials. These are, these are, these are questions that come under a bigger umbrella. You know, what kind of society do we want? What is the role of the citizen? What is the role of economics? You know, these are big questions that then produce results that can then be made by architects. Architects just responding is like, you know, a fly in the wind. It's really a bit, you know, you think I, think so it's sometimes? I think it's romantic. But I'm not, I, I think romance is great. I right. love romantic okay. things. But <laughs> you can make a, I mean, you can affect the project, right? You can affect this uh, owner of the building. I mean, he wants something from you. So, um, and it's not good for the environment. It's not good for the um, uh, problem of the city, so you have the chance to uh, to change. No, you I, you I, think so? I think that there's two just there's two conversations here. There's one which is that architecture has always promoted good science, good better building, better building. That's what it's architecture's real job is that you know every time you make a building, you have a responsibility to try and push the stewardship, the use of materials, the ecology. So when you know, Murat talks about, I, you know, yeah, Africans. Yeah, when, I t when he says, I just right. make an ecological building, I don't yes. need a badge, because that's our DNA. That's what we do. We try to right. make it better and better and better. So when you say to an architect, try and make a building better, you know, that's what we do. We try always to do we that. We try. Yeah, because there's a kind of, but there's a difference. You see, people think that every building is made by an architect. They're not. Only maybe 5% of buildings are made by architects. A lot of buildings are just made by families, by builders, by contractors, who are just buying products, making That's buildings, or developers just doing things that is not to do with architecture. So yeah. you know, you've got to kind of separate the two things. So sure. you know, actually there's, and so, so the, you're right, there is a kind of education that has to happen. And architects are always trying to push that. We're always trying to talk about, you know, please respond. Please think about the environment. Please think about the energy. You know, we, we were on a competition at the Aga Khan, and there was a competition uh, presentation about the settlement, yeah. the, um, the Palestinian settlements. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about refugees now. Actually, refugees have been going on for so long. I mean, look at Palestine. It's become cities where actually, you know, the, the idea of the refugee has become so entropic that it's become a city. And it's like it's no longer temporary. It's actually permanent. People have grown up only living in these places. And then the question is, when is architecture happening there? You know, is there somebody paint the color bright become architecture or when they make a nice building? You know, so it's a very sophisticated and complicated question. And it's not one where you can just say, oh, you just come in and put a nice tent or maybe make it easy. It's not that simple. It's very complicated. So well, I remember we looked um, in Palestine for a project mm -hmm. and then the jury is not architects, uh, mm -hmm. only architects. There are many members. And then many liked it. And then uh, either you and me uh, asked the questions, is it a closed uh, city? Is it uh, like a prison? Is it a prison? What yeah, is it this? Was a prison. It was a and prison. And then there was a discussion. Yeah, then, then it's happened? everything is ending. When yeah. it's, uh -huh. a, uh, it's a prison, then why? Why is it a yeah. project? <laughs> and then what you can do as an architect anymore, you know? So I think before the architect, 
either politicians or uh, other people. So we had we have this problem in Bodrum and all the coast of Turkey in the last years, and nobody knows exactly what happened and what will happen next. You know? The room, I mean, architecture is very, very. I mean, the the time when architecture was kind of this primary sort of role next to an emperor is a long time ago. <laughs> Architects really are part of civil society. It responds to the ecology of the city and the ideas of the city. Sometimes, you know, right up to like even Mussolini, you know, if you look at Rome, you know, an emperor can, you know, an emperor person can come up and just ignore the rules and then create a singularity. And there's really ugly things and really beautiful things that can come out of it. But that's a very old way that architecture works. More usually, architecture is really responding either to market forces mm -hmm. about economics or to political ideas about what our democracies are. Do we want parliaments to be more transparent? Mm -hmm. Do we want people to be encouraged into them? Do we want to kind of democratize libraries? You know, do we want to create spaces where everybody can get information? You know, that's what architects are permanently grappling with. Do we want to understand how to remake the old city, like where industrial cities were? How do we want to rehouse them, make new offices, new make new workspaces? This is the work of the architect, and we're continually trying to reinvent the city. You know, for us, the city is the body, right? We're always working on it, like trying to kind of rework it. <laughs> and it was interesting in Biennale this year to see, uh, because when you enter uh, every second year the Arsenale, you have a different type of uh, starting to show, you know. Uh, hmm. Rem Colas, two years ago it was different. I remember when uh, Sana started, so he started, of mm. course, with her Rolex Center, mm. with uh, Wim Wenders film, mm. uh, yeah, so I it was a 3D. Yeah. 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 And then this year, Aravena said, um, I collected all the part of gypsum board, uh, steel members, and etc. But he's used not saying, right? but he's material. not saying yeah. what will happen next, you know, after after the show, yeah. Uh, and then the end of the Arsenale was Norman Foster, not showing a tower, and then a project in Africa, and he was there with the main workers of the project, so it was very the nice aesthetic. to see how, <laughs> I think, the most um, richest architect of the world is huh. can make also simple thing and showing a mock-up in uh, Biennale. So it was very interesting. Is everything true in the world? I don't know. <laughs> you didn't tell us what do you think about this year's Biennale. I just did. I've just been talking about no, it. No, no, no. <laughs> you said you I want a media good. one-liner. How did you like it? I, mean, I, I just think it, I, just, I, I don't think the answer is ever simplistic. So huh. uh, you're not going to get a simplistic answer for me. I think it raises a lot of complicated questions. I think that, uh, and the questions are not simple. Uh, my fear is when people reduce the question really down to like like or hate. Mm -hmm. It's not a it's not a Facebook page. It's really making buildings is really really complicated. So I just think that that you have to be careful that you don't simplify things because I think that the notion of waste and ecology are really profound issues. But you know, if we're going to tackle them, then we have to fundamentally think: Are we going to rethink the idea of the city? Because mm -hmm. really, up to you can say if this history of the city is ten thousand years, the first city we discovered in our history maybe it's ten thousand years ago in Turkey, wherever it's here somewhere, right? Somewhere up where up right. somewhere up here. So if if we've been making cities for ten thousand years, and we've got to a point where we're really scared of what cities can do to the planet, then we really have to rethink what is the city. That's the real conversation, isn't it? That's the elephant in the room, right? Not oh, you know, can we just help the side? I mean, that's not going to do anything. It's just making you feel good. It's like um, it's the ostrich putting his head in the sand. And I think that that's, you know, not interesting mm -hmm. anymore. I think we are much more aware and we're much more, you know, I won it was wonderful when Jefferson Hack was talking about Voyager flying away from the solar system and seeing our planet like a blue dot, like a spaceship. You know, what are we going to do on this spaceship? You know, how do we want to make cities? Um, and that's a big question, because we're yes, exponentially growing our populations. So what are we going to do? Are we going to do the same thing? Going to carry on? I think that's the big question. That's a big debate for this generation, for this millennium. Yeah. You know, how does, how does architecture, because architecture, yes, is the leading, it, it leads the thing, right? So how do we, how do we have conversations? But, but great architecture always happens with, it's a political effort and it's a people effort. It's either the people or the or political and society come together to make an idea or, or to make a manifestation of a belief. Mm -hmm. What is or, our belief now? Yeah. Yeah. Or <laughs> nobody, if, wants to nobody wants to have that. This team is working together. Mm. This is a good sample. 
in Washington. This is in Washington, his yeah. museum. Mm -hmm. And yeah. here you can see uh, the freedom of an architect. But uh, if we compare this uh, with your, I'm not saying my, uh, Islamic Center, which opened recently in Washington, which is a copy of Sinan oh. architecture, oh. So then we have to, to think uh, why there are not architects involved, mm. you know. Uh, so I think this is a starting point uh, yeah. when the politic and the architecture and everything coming together. So that's a big problem. Yeah. Architecture is the most politic uh, in, <laughs> in <laughs> arts, right? I, I think all, all arts are political somehow. Yeah. But the most... Political <laughs> one is, I think. I mean, architecture, because it's in the public realm, I think when people say architecture is not political, I think they are lying to themselves. No, of course it is not. very much yeah. political. Because yeah. um, it, it reflects our values, it reflects yeah. what we believe and what we want to believe. Yeah. But I think that this idea that, you know, what is, we're at this very interesting time where people also, like also in the Bayani, there's a discussion about the handmade, right? That was a really a big conversation mm -hmm. that we should return to making things by hand and, you know, forget the machine. Um, and you know, again, slightly, slightly simplistic reduction for me because really, you know, we can't ignore what industrialization has done for the last hundred years in this population explosion. We could never have coped with, you know, this housing of so many people without industrialization and manufacturing. So we may not like it, but then what are we going to do about it? Is the question of, you know, really continually not being satisfied with the production of architecture as an artifact as just a built form, but continually trying to kind of re-examine how architecture is relevant to people. I actually think that when you think architecture is kind of moving to a place where it stops, mm -hmm. you've lost the project. Architecture has, it's like a, it's a continual, the beauty of it is that every generation has to remake architecture, I think. It's like the responsibility of every generation to remake architecture, because that's how it continually nourishes and stimulates and creates the world that we want to make. And if you're not trying to do that, I think that it's a, it's a big loss, you know? If you just start to repeat the past, I think that you sort of kind of have this very sad moment where you are no longer engaging with the reality of your time, yeah. you know? You don't that want to That should be indeed. a balance. Yeah, actually. you continually have to kind of past move and forward. Future. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's true. Maybe a different thing mm -hmm. when we are looking. Um, I make objects make as well. Objects, right. very yeah. nice mm -hmm. objects. Um, uh, we talked yesterday again each other uh, for me, it's, for example, very difficult to make an object if uh, I said if I don't know the environment. But that he said me something very interesting. Maybe you can talk. Yeah, about yeah. Yeah. I, I, for me, um, you know, I think that there is this myth that somehow the object lives on its own. And I always said that I couldn't make when I was asked to make my first chair for Noel, I couldn't do it. I was like, I don't know what the hell. How do you do that? And it had to kind of. I, I realized that I had to suddenly create the context in my mind. Um, I had to kind of make the narrative before I could make the object in the way that I make architecture, in the way that we talk about architecture. And once you do, you realize that that's the difference between an architect making an object and a designer just conceptualizing uh, a form. Mm -hmm. Because in a way, a, a kind of designer can just think through the techniques of manufacturing, the material properties, and just kind of come up with a proposition. Whereas architects are really find that very hard. We need to find the solution. So I was saying, you know, okay, what is the narrative about this place? Am I trying to talk about the qualities of light, for instance? Am I trying to talk about a certain kind of um, um, uh, democratization of, uh, of, of material and object, for instance? And then suddenly from that, I could start to think about things. Or am I trying to make a relationship to the nature of a building, like Macintosh, let's say? Then it suddenly changed. Then it's like, oh, okay. The project, the, the idea of making furniture is no longer just about universals again. It's about specific conditions. And, whether, and then when, if an object becomes something that has a kind of what I call a transnational quality, in the end it moves from its particularity to a kind of global situation, then that's the beauty of a fantastic accident, <laughs> but not the presumption of the beginning of the act. So you, <laughs> Murat, you, so you don't think so? I mean, you, you, you can't do any uh, objects no, we, we in the designed, future, maybe? Uh, when we like designed the Bodrum Airport, so uh, I hated all these chairs. And <laughs> they are very expensive. Mm -hmm. And then we designed uh, with uh, the Turkish company, Norus Chair. Uh, and then yeah, after beautiful. us, they sold the so same uh, to, to, I think, to in St. Petersburg. I don't there remember. 
the colors I don't like it, but, <laughs> <laughs> but they use without asking us. But then I saw the chair there; it was nice. So, but but that was purposely made. So yeah. this is a different situation. Yeah, but know? I think this is not, this is really interesting conversation of transnationalism when mm -hmm. something starts okay. in a kind of specific cultural frame, but then becomes a universal or more universal object. Yeah. Your team are like telling you to say something. <laughs> say, say something, say please. About the ceiling. Yeah, the <laughs> ceiling is. Do you remember? Okay. Hi, um, you should tell. Sometimes uh, we hate also all these uh, engineer ceilings, so we mm. said we, we we will make something different. Also, same airport, we designed our ceiling. This is also now one of the standard product uh, nice. after we made this. After so. exactly. we made it. Uh, Perfect. Mm. I so think that's the difference between an architect and a designer. Yeah. So yeah. it changed. Yeah. Maybe we should uh, get some questions sure. from the audience, so sure. it should be more dialogue. Okay. What do you think? You like sure. <laughs> do you have any questions? Huh. Sure. You should be the one you. asking <laughs> you the first the question. <laughs> <laughs> David, you should uh, do some projects in Turkey also. Can I go Please, I'm waiting. <laughs> uh, first of all, thank you. Thank you for this. Uh, I would like to ask one question about the Biennale, Architecture Biennale. Mm -hmm. This yeah. year, uh, this team was reporting f from the front and it was focused on men, human, all those crises, uh, global warming, climate change, migrant crisis, and all different pavilions were answering uh, to the team with different uh, projects and buildings and systems. Uh, do you think that now, is architecture much more human focused? Is it like also changing by this way? This is my first question. And second question is that uh, I really believe that uh, buildings that we live in, they affect us. We feel, for example, we are here in this uh, wonderful, beautiful building and it makes us feeling something and we are part of it. And I'm sure that architecture um, has a goal like, it's maybe one of the goals. Uh, but I w I'm wondering, uh, of course, it's not I like it or hate it, but uh, as a normal uh, human being, do I have the right to comment about architecture, about the buildings, uh, like, as we are a part of it? Thank you. You absolutely have a right. <laughs> <laughs> if not, there is a problem. Then there's a big problem. Yeah. Then, it's not, uh, then it's not architecture. Yeah. I mean, I think that this idea that um, you hit it. Uh, buildings affect us completely. So fundamentally, you know, that's the, whole, that's the whole project of architecture, is to continually fundamentally affect us. But you know, the effect is not just for s to stimulate you. It's hopefully to stimulate you to become a new kind of citizen. So there is a kind of point to the disorientating effect of architecture. It's, it's very specific because what we're doing, you know, we, there was a kind of very beautiful quote, is that architects are the greatest liars, right? Because you sort of believe that this is real, but it's not, right? It's just completely an artifice. We've made a construction with a geometry that makes you believe that somehow you are now in a collective cube. It's a lie, right? The world is not like this. You could evaporate it, and it's actually nature, and it's really tough out there. <laughs> so in a way, what we are doing is continually constructing artifices for you to kind of learn how to be a collective, right? That's our job. So we're, we're continually remaking the collective. That's why we say, OK, what is the library? Maybe a library from Alexandria is really beautiful, but not relevant for the 20th century, because now there's so much more of us, and we want to work a different way. We have smartphones, so we're working this way. You know, we, we teach in a different way. So we have to make a new artifice that allows us to understand how to work in this environment. That's why architecture is continually relevant. It's always chasing the, the shift of society to try and make frames. If we stop then the thing moves, you know, people, d in, and I think when you see architecture not being relevant to people, they suddenly they start to hate it. They say, oh, I, this architecture, I don't like it, it doesn't respond to me. Or if the only architecture they see is not really architecture, but just building, just like massive housing that just seems scaleless and uncontextual, and they don't see responses, they start to think that architecture is not relevant. But actually, the whole point is that, the, you know, that is just about production, 
and architecture is about the construction of the things that support the life that you want to live. And if you really want to make a good ideal society, you have to produce more architecture, actually, to support the density of the people that are being kind of coming into our societies who want to be inspired by the society. And this is the dilemma, right? This is the big dilemma. We actually need to produce more architecture, not more construction. That's right, yeah. <laughs> That's very, very important. You're, you're so right. What do you think, Murat? Uh, I remember when I was in, um, in Amsterdam, uh, in the, all these new uh, islands uh, yeah. with the new housing, uh, I asked the question uh, why you need new houses and new apartments. And then the question was, for example, in, in, in Turkey we need, because the population is growing up, but mm. in Europe it's going down. Yeah. And then that's why they need the refugees and us, <laughs> I think. Germany. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, they said in uh, wh what's happening in um, uh, Dutch families, I think also in Europe, they are splitting, and then they are all more single movers for, for the apartments. And they have different needs. And then I saw a Turkish um, worker in a factory is next to a um, Dutch family, so they can live together. I think in Istanbul, it's still, or in Turkey, it's, mm -hmm. it's, a it's still a big problem. Mm. And then I saw people, they like their cars. Uh, they have an uh, apartment where they can move with a lift their cars, and the car is next to them, oh. for example. The people, they like gardens, they can make gardens. But all these projects happened not only with architects, um, they are um, in, a, in different groups mm -hmm. coming together and saying what they want. Mm -hmm. And I think in Turkey it will be also, we, we started projects like this also, mm -hmm. uh, because of the earthquake, so we, we have to renew all our buildings, so mm -hmm. that's it's a chance. It started already. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, we had this big problem with Toki uh, housing mm -hmm. projects uh, mm -hmm. from the government. Now mm -hmm. I think it Changing. will change. Mm -hmm. Now they start to work yeah. with us. So yeah. uh, I think so. Future can be uh, different. Different. Yeah. Much better. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, there's always a kind of conversation about you know the ugly skyline and you know big buildings, but actually they don't have to be. I actually think they don't have to be. I know there's a kind of, it's a controversial one because everybody loves the picturesque city. But actually, um, I think yeah. that you can add to the city without just making very boring, you know, right. towers. I mean, which is really more about money and, or efficiency rather than, than density. You know, people always say that, oh, the, those towers are about density. Mm -hmm. I'm always like, mm, there's very few projects that are really about density mm -hmm. that you see. Most of them are about economies. <laughs> Yeah. Like rich or poor economies, yeah. like fast numbers or making a lot of money. Yeah. So, um, but actually, when you see really amazing density projects, we actually love them because you, you know it's it's actually like um, I think when you live in a kind of an incredible collective which is supportive between nature and your neighbor, it makes a really beautiful environment. We actually love those environments whenever we see them in history. Yeah. Yeah, you have to plan very. Well, I guess, if you are in, in a city like Istanbul, mm -hmm. we have to be so careful about the city's historical past. Sure. And, um, but also be brave about the future, not, not, not to be... To really, if you have to invent it again. I mean, the beauty of Istanbul for me, that we, you know, whenever I come, I'm always like, I'm amazed at the appropriation and the use of space. You know, in a city where actually there isn't that much public space, if you think about other European cities, there's a kind of an incredible appropriation of space, which is in line with a, you know, the private sector, which creates a, a totally unique phenomenon. Um, and it's, it happens maybe in one dimension, but I think you can learn so much from it about how to make density. In fact, Istanbul is like a, I mean, when you're in it, you probably hate it. But for somebody coming in, you, you see that there are incredibly sophisticated lessons that are being just that which are just normal life for you. And, um, that they're really actually very powerful. Hmm. <laughs> you are one of the <laughs> architects. <laughs> I love uh, Istanbul. <laughs> um, okay. Hello. Um, so as a young architect, my question to you is going to be about the shifting role of the architect. because. Great. 
Um, I just finished a book and I'm obsessed by it. Um, uh -huh. The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand. Uh -huh. And the protagonist, for those who haven't read it, is about you know, an architect um, who is um, fixated on the you know, integrity and soul autonomy of the architect yeah. as a designer and in control of everything, not yeah. compromising with the clients. Yeah, yeah. But I guess that in this age, and you talked about globalization, um, I don't think the architects have the luxury, or I don't know if it's a curse, of being autonomous anymore. I mean, we have so much responsibility to all different sectors, and now I guess um, the communities also have a say in things that are being erected. So I just wanted to ask you about what you think about the changing role of the architect and where it's going or where it is at the moment. Yeah, no, I think, that's, I think that actually there's a really dynamic shift happening in architecture, which is really seismic. Um, and I think it's, it's because of the, the digitization of our of our, our craft, we're no longer sort of um, in a world that we used to be, in. and I think that actually the the, the architect of the future is going to look very different to who, what we are now, that in the way that we're just seeing the ends of an old system and the beginnings of a new one, and I think that this idea of the architect as an artist sitting alone was always a fantasy. It was never true. I think that don't believe that. It's a great narrative. But you know, I mean, the most beautiful objects in the world were made through a discourse with somebody else. You know, it's never been the architect just simply sitting on his own, you know, dreaming of an artifice. It's a kind of myth. There is a kind of culture that, you know, there's some people that believe that the art of architecture is like autonomous thing that you can just build and that's its own thing. But I think that I don't buy it because I think that even with that autonomy, there is a kind of purpose that architecture ultimately needs purpose, and purpose requires a negotiation, right, to understand what purpose is. So in a way, this is always the kind of catch that's happening. But I think that, that you have to enjoy the, that, you know, I always love Frank Gehry saying, actually, the whole purpose of, you know, architecture is to kind of debunk the rules to, so that new rules can be made, which I thought was, like, weird when I first heard him say that. And, but what he meant by that was that, you know, that he, he continually, the compromise and the negotiations create incredible opportunities for you to find new positions. And that the projection of a picturesque architecture is not that interesting. It's about what is the problem and how do you find new narratives to recreate architecture. And I think that the best architects invent that. It's not a kind of picturesque projection. Mm -hmm. And I think once you kind of free yourself from your addiction to the picturesque, you, I think architecture becomes really interesting because it's continually solving problems. That's yeah. why maybe I'm always thinking every building uh, we are designing again is a prototype. Yeah. So right. yeah. It's not like a car you can repeat Just roll or refrigerate. Out. Yeah. Yeah. If that, it will be very boring and it yeah. has nothing to do also uh, with the human being. Yeah. I think we, we need, it's, I think there are many artists here, but I think the main uh, problem uh, or main, uh, I think, differentiation because an artist uh, can make um, if he wants what he wants at yeah. the end. Yeah. And then I we tried this in the last year to work with artists to make exhibitions, and it was very difficult with them also to make a teamwork. Hmm. If you say to somebody or give a brief, I need a photo from Bosphorus, so. Uh, no, it's not going to happen from an artist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then you have to find a balance. But with oh. architects, it's differently, I think. Okay. I think that makes... Uh, so we have no time. Okay. Yeah, we have no time. Uh, it's already quarter to six. We have to close this session. Thank you so much, David. And thank Murat, you. thank you so much thank for you. this great conversation, discussion. Thank you for joining us.